What's up, guys? Welcome to the Free For All Podcast, your source for all things geek. Once again, I'm your host, Evan Swafford. With me, as always, Chuck Nelly. Hello. Josh Barnett. Hello, hello. Still not Trey. Fuck that guy. And those guys that he's fucking. (laughs) (laughs) I got him. They're all getting sued by Nebraska woman. (laughs) Eric was correct in the fact that the best part of that article when it's Talks about the gay guy that was... Yeah, one of the millions being yeah. sued. <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, also, I, I love that it's up to the Nebraska court system to determine whether or not being gay is a sin. Known for being fair in the <laughs> Cornhusker state. Oh. Listen, nothing beats the Finger Ninja uh, video. Like, I'm literally so nothing. I'm so glad you love that as much as I do. It's I didn't one of watch my it. favorite videos of all time. I did it, not watch it. Dude, it's impressive as shit. Are they doing finger magic? Dude, it's literally like a fully choreographed fight between two ninjas he cre- he's created with his hands. It's awesome. Yeah, right. it's even got like slow motion and like terrible dialogue. And like there's even times, because he does all the sounds himself. There's even times when he like, grabs an arm and breaks it and you get eh! it's so cool all right then uh yeah people should youtube that uh but for now listen to the podcast this is show two uh rolling on uh we're gonna talk about some movies uh movies show two, show two. no day two day two um movies been hit a bit hard by the corona <laughs> Yeah, uh, we're like less than a month away from the original plan release of Wonder Woman, and we haven't gotten a second trailer. Uh, well, we are, uh, we're supposed to be kind of in the midst of uh, blockbusters happening. You, but, you Black know, Widow was supposed to be, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, uh, a couple weeks ago, Mulan was canceled. Um, uh, the new Bond movie was pushed back. Um I mean, ton ton of movies were pushed. Um, New Mutants used coronavirus as, a, <laughs> to, as their uh, 15th scapegoat. Coming out in August, boys. It's coming out in August. They're on Disney Plus, <laughs> and you still have to pay extra to watch it. God, Disney will reinvent some other kind of pandemic just so they don't have to fucking release that movie yet. People are really excited about the screenshots. Are you people? Is people you? <laughs> the ones from five years ago? No, there's new ones. Uh-huh, sure there are. There are, man. People got legit excited. This is a real thing. And now, was, granted, those screenshots were from, at minimum, five years prior to people getting really uncomfortable with the idea of Maisie Williams having sex in Game of Thrones. That bothered you more than anyone on the planet. Let's no, it, bothered, it bothered other people more than me. Trey was the only one not bothered by it at all. Yeah, Trey said she was hot. So he was like, oh, I looked it up. She's fine. Bye, I mean, I don't care about that, but she's not. I don't think she's an attractive girl anyway. So. She's not. You know, I mean, she is what, you know, she is what it is. It doesn't matter, but like, not, not something I was like dying to see. Usually if you're cast as Wolfsbane, you're not like going for super <laughs> attractive. I don't know. I've seen some hot Wolfsbanes in my life. She's no Tilda Swinton. Let's be honest. Oh, no. Through the Wolfsbane Swinton? Yeah. So, uh, I guess we're just going to kind of discuss what's going on with movies. So, um, a lot 
have either indefinitely pushed, most have rescheduled for the fall, and if all goes well, the fall slash early winter is going to be the greatest like four-month run of movies of all time. In the meantime, they're all pulling the old fingies crossed. Um, the Fingies? big thing here is what Except I'm reading. Not universal, by the way. Uh, we're going to get to that. Um, there is evidently a lot riding on the new Christopher Nolan movie Tenet. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is he's requested, and Warner Brothers is backing him on. They will not change the release date, and he wants to keep a theatrical release. It is, I believe, second or third week of July. Um, and there's a lot of people saying that pretty much all of Hollywood's watching this, and it is, if it doesn't just bomb because no one will go to the movie theater because they're scared, because supposedly by July, nationwide, at least with restrictions, movie theaters are supposed to be open. They're expecting that, unless we have a big spike. Um, overseas, I'm not, I can't speak to that, but evidently they have numbers they're confident with that I don't think it's going to do like crazy big numbers. It's obviously not going to do as well as it would have just in a normal world. Um, but I think as long as it doesn't lose money, you're going to see people kind of bounce back and more movies will get release dates. Uh, if it just absolutely bombs, uh, they're saying you're going to see a whole lot of changes coming and we may not just see movies pretty much for the rest of 2020. Uh, at yeah. least... At least in the form in the theater. Um, there have been a lot of changes going on. A lot of stuff that got released right before this um, was quickly put on home video, um, available for rent, or if it was by a company for a, a streaming service, was quickly put there. Uh, onward. Uh, which yeah, got, Onward. Right? Had a, we'll talk about that in a little bit. It had a lot of hype. Uh, didn't do great because it released literally a week before shutdowns everywhere started happening. Mm-hmm. Um and a lot of people were scared before then, so it just didn't make much money. Uh, it went to Disney Plus and like crazy shot up their uh, their subscription rating. Um, so you've seen some success on the streaming uh, platforms. Movies, certain movies that were supposed to release in this instead of pushing, um, just went straight to video on demand, um, either for rent or to buy. Uh, we've seen that a few times, so it's going to be interesting to kind of see how that affects the future. Um, to that. And we, uh, Trolls World Tour, Trolls 2, whatever. Um, I mean, real quick, am I the only one that doesn't plan on seeing Tenet in the theater if it does release in July? I mean, I'm just going to judge. I mean, that's two months from now, and I'm going to just kind of judge how the world's going. It's hard to know. You know, you can't really judge on what it's going to be like. If I feel I can be safe going, I'll absolutely go. But, I mean, if I think there's a risk, it's not worth going to the movie theater. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's I mean... It's concerning either way, right? Like, I want these movies to make money. I want the studios to be able to make their money back. And, you know, it's nice that some movies, and we'll talk about that obviously in a second, have had success with the home market. Even that is still nowhere near what they would have taken in the box office. And I don't want theaters to die, but I just don't want people to die more. Yeah. You know? There's a lot of numbers. Chris Nolan respects cinema so much that he refuses to allow his movie to be released in like a digital format like that. Like, I get it, and that dude's an auteur, and he's a fucking filmmaker that really respects cinema, and I appreciate that. But you know, 2020 is a little bit of a different time than maybe what 2021 will be, and your next movie could be different. 
Listen, I, mean, I think I think he's already gotten this paycheck, and uh, he didn't give a shit about royalties for this particular fucking movie, and he's gonna get another job either way. I don't think that's Chris Nolan. Like, I mean, I, I think he genuinely is one of those, and you know, I know you love chanting and clapping and everything else, but he's one of those pretentious motherfuckers that likes the art of cinema and looks at every one of his movies as a completely unique piece of cinematic art, and he wants it to be viewed in the classic cinematic way of on a big screen, possibly the biggest screen as possible with the biggest sound. And I appreciate that, but I feel like there's a time to really push for that. And there's a time to maybe allow for the world to find a safer way to watch your movie or just delay it a year. I mean, it's it's still two months out. I think if it is completely like unsafe and they know it's going to bomb, they will delay it. But as of right now, I mean, there's a lot of data to show that if with restrictions, it may not be that bad of a deal to go to a movie theater in a couple of months. I mean, it's not right now. Um, so we'll see. Um, uh, yeah. but I, <laughs> I don't trust those high school kids to clean the seats in between fucking screenings. That's fair. And also, you can also, I mean, I'm going to be taking some wipes with me and stuff like that if I choose to go. And I'm going to be doing my own due diligence. Like I said, I mean, it may just be me. It's just it, it's it's interesting that the, this is the movie they're hard fast on. Like, we're gonna bow to the director on this, well, which I timing, timing has a lot to do with it. We're looking at a time when we're supposed to be getting back into that. A lot of colleges are going to be going back in late August. I mean, we're I think it's the biggest movie to hit in about mid July, which was about as soon as they would have even tried it. Um, and again, I think we're not. We're gonna. Ha- I think they're watching it real close. Like, if there's a massive spike and we had a big surge in infections again, then you're probably gonna see a delay. I mean, they're not gonna put it out if they are just 100 percent sure it's going to bomb. Yeah. So, Sorry, I didn't mean to extend this conversation more than need to. I just I, I find it interesting that this is like our flag, like tent pole of like, hey, this is where it's potential for one way or the other. A movie's gonna be released in the theaters. And sorry, yeah. you're talking about Trolls War Tour. Well, surprisingly, that movie has kind of, uh, you're getting weird, like, clickbait articles talking about the unlikely movie that changed the future of cinema. It's not true at all, but it has created a big fight. Uh, World Tour was not going to make enough money to, like, really be worth the lane for them um, to go back and do put more money into marketing uh, six months from now. Them uh, being Universal Studios, right? Correct. Yes. Um, so Universal just released *The on the Man*, and it blew up. It did sixty million in its first weekend, um, which I don't think it would have done much better in theaters. So Maybe Universal, another twenty or thirty at most. Yeah, at most. And so now, I mean, because it would have had major competition that it didn't have. Like it would have been out like in between *Mulan* and some other major movie um, at the time. *Black Widow*. Um, I mean, definitely, but yeah, somewhere in between. But like within a two-week period, it was sandwiched in between. Either way, um, it uh, it made a lot of money, and Universal was like, "Oh, score! We're going to explore more movies going day and date to video on demand." And movie theaters were like, "Hold your fucking horses!" Um, AMC came out, and I actually get their point and i'm actually on their side but they did not handle it correctly and they certainly lost the pr battle of that yeah because i'm not <laughs> i mean since then every other major theater chain has also cited and said they will not show universal movies um until they change their stance on that they'll also win that universal will back down on that um 
they have said that they're not going to show Universal movies in the theater as long as they stay on that. They'll come to an agreement, and there'll be some. I think we're going to see video on demand happen sooner than we have than the normal like ninety to one hundred twenty days later. Um, but I do think that if movies like or if movies fail to hit a certain threshold of so much money in the theater, then you'll have a way to show it faster in video on demand, stuff like that. Um, they'll probably renegotiate. Uh, but as of now, all the major theater chains are saying they will not uh, show any Universal movies as long as they're going to put out their movies day and date on video on demand. Thoughts? So here's here's my side of it. I mean, you look at Trolls as the example, right? We talk about maybe 20 maybe $30 million on the first week that it would have potentially earned over what it was, right? But it still made $60 million. And it made... $60 million with the prospect of entire families can make one $20 purchase, which is roughly the price of one and a quarter ticket in some theaters. Right. Um, and could watch it not just once, but multiple times on a rental, let alone if they have the ability to purchase it on an early basis, right? Right. This is one of those, and I love the theater experience. I will never give up the idea of going to a midnight movie or an early screening and sitting with my friends and having a good time, and going to IHOP afterward, or whatever the case may be, right? The experience of seeing it on the big screen with the big sound and everything else that I can't have in my home. But what this entire pandemic and what this experience of being at home for as much as I have has taught me is that I still get a really enjoyable experience being able to watch these movies from my home and being able to feel like I've got a 4K TV, I've got a nice enough sound system, I've got a way to enjoy these movies without having to go to the theater, and I feel like this hard, fast rule of like, well, if you release it digitally, we're just going to shut you down is bullish and old fashioned. I get why they're doing it, right? Theater, it it makes sense. Theaters With, will die if they go to that. I agree. And I don't want theaters to die, right? But I think that there's a middle ground that can be found with this that doesn't completely shut out the idea of like universal found success. And if you think about it, if these families who watched Trolls World Tour had gone to the theaters, it would have been more than $20 million additional, right? We're talking about two to three kids in a family home who would have had to have paid six to 50, I don't even know what kids' tickets cost, but probably 10 to $15 on their own, plus the, the cost of concessions and everything else. Like The fact that it was still able to make $60 million in its opening weekend on digital release when one whole family could rent it for 20 bucks is a pretty impressive stat. And I can understand the studio's reluctance to say, we're just going to give that up because we don't have to pay exhibitor costs. We don't have to. I'd also be interested to see how much it would have made on a normal time when there's other movies in the theater and not everybody in the world is home. Cause there's a lot of stuff like tiger King would not be a sensation if everybody wasn't fucking stuck at home right now. A hundred percent, but at the same time... Daybreak would have got a season two. You're dead right. Damn it! I will never watch Tiger King alone because of that shit. I'm not watching Extraction. None of it. Do you have to watch Tiger King with somebody else? Like, no, I'm not watching it at all. <laughs> like Bring I, back hashtag, hashtag save Daybreak. Jesus. That's fair. I, just, I think Trolls does at best half of what it did in a normal world. But so then can't you at least see where Universal is coming from and saying like, hey, we're still going to release in theaters, but we're also going to release digitally because this movie that may have faced stronger competition before 
was still able to succeed as much as it has being a family movie, being something that people can watch from their own home. And, you know, saw probably a higher profit, even though people are not going to report it that way, than what it maybe would have had they had to pay exhibitor costs and split ticket prices with theaters and um, lose out completely on the additional revenue, which is how theaters stay in business by getting that concession stand money and things like that. Like, there are a lot of offset costs. Yeah, but you also got to think, let's say we said at best it does $100 million opening weekend normal. Which is, a, it's a strong prediction. No, yeah. Uh, so it, let's say it does, uh, let's say it does $40 million on, or $30 million on VOD. And it's doing 60 plus 40 in a time when theaters have been annually, year on date, going down for a while. You just lost $40 million at best you know, for revenue for a theater, not to commission commission on that. They, I mean, I, I don't get think, the theater's point on this. I, I do. Think, I do think I there's a happy middle. I don't think there either is going to be, it's going to be a delayed digital release. It's going to be an exclusive at the theater for two weeks and then all's fair. Cause that's when most of the theater gets all that money anyway, especially in the summertime. And I think they're going to have to pay to get a way to do that. There'll be contracts that people are going to sign. I think it will also be, again, I think there may be some stipends on, like, if a movie bombs, it opens up the ability to open up on video on demand faster. Or not even bombs, just doesn't hit a certain threshold. Uh, but if it's killing for the movie theaters, then I think it may stay longer. I mean, obviously, like, I don't think Endgame could have been released on digital within I mean- a month of you know i think we're swiftly moving to the future where tentpole movies are released in theaters and everything else comes to digital right i mean with how much netflix is cranking out there's that but just in general like i mean i think that the marvel movies the dc movies the star wars and you know the franchises of it all they still release in theaters because no matter what those are crowd experiences. Those are get together with your friends, see it on the biggest screen with the best you know sound and everything else possible. But your animated, your family films, your independent book smarts and things like that—that's not a necessary theater experience. And I think that those really? movies—I don't necessarily agree about animated. Animated makes some of the most money out there. Animated does, and I agree with you to certain extents. Pixar, yes. Disney animated, yes. But Leica. Leica does not draw in $100 million opening weekend, right? No, but they do do well. DreamWorks, unless it's Shrek, (laughs) like, um, even How to Train Your Dragon is is paltry box office when you compare it to Toy Story 4, right? Um, Which is a movie eight years after its relevancy and still comes out and still makes incredible money. Um, I just, I think that we are moving toward tentpole releases in theaters, Smaller and middle road releases, either smaller releases immediately on digital middle road releases two to four weeks afterward, but not this 90-day period like they're talking about anymore. I do think I do think that that's going to shrink, but I think there's going to be some options. I do also think that this is going to cause theater prices to skyrocket. I think gonna- it will increase theater prices, and I think it will limit theater availability. Probably. I don't want that business to go away. I just see the other side of it and see it as a consumer as both sides, but particularly the theaters are looking at it from an anti-consumer pro-business side, which they should. They are a business, but I just don't think anti-consumer needs to be the mindset of that. 
Well, it just kind of depends. On, I think there's looking at that from the consumer from both sides. But, yeah, I get your point. Let's talk about some movies we've watched during this time. Let's talk yeah. about Let's talk about Trolls World Tour. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. Me neither. It's solid, man. There's some good music. It is just a weird, like, weird fucking movie that make, it really sh- probably shouldn't exist, but it's fun. The music. Do they or do they not keep on dancing? Oh, they always do. But uh, is that song in the movie? Uh, no, from the first one, no. They don't reuse the soundtrack. Then why the hell would I watch it? <laughs> you don't remember Let It Go and uh, Frozen 2, Evan? Yeah, man, it came directly after Into the Unknown. Uh, man, I hear that soundtrack a lot. Uh, second or the first one? Huh? Second one, I assume, right? Yeah, well, I hear them both, just all the time. Basically, I was, Lost in really the Woods like, for the win! I really like that song, and I really like Into the Unknown. I like pretty much all of them, I'm just tired of hearing them. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm glad I got boys. You're damn right. Uh, I love my girls, but man, that part of it, I'm like, uh, just watch sports. That's um, the, uh, the sports that are non-existent right now. Korean not, baseball. There's replays. NASCAR's back. The Bundesliga opened up and immediately two players tested positive for coronavirus after the first game. Yeah. Um, Coach for one of the teams is quarantined because he went out for fucking toothpaste. Um. <laughs> Yeah, Trolls World Tour is pretty fun. If you got kids, I recommend it. Especially like my girls love to dance, and that mo- that movie is like eighty percent music, so it's good time. You're alone and thirty-five to seven years old and don't have kids. Yes, you should watch it and dance. Just dance like no one's watching. <laughs> uh, uh, what other movies have we seen since uh, quarantine started? And Chuck, do not go into just a ramble on Netflix movies, for the love of God. Oh, in a Netflix joint. Okay, I've got, well, first of all, one, two, three, four, five, six. I've only seen seven Netflix movies so far this year. I'm, I've been on Netflix movies? I mean, Extraction's a pretty big one right now. Extraction is the one that I watch that I fucking love. It's real good, man. What's your movie count this year, Chuck, so far? Oh, I'm only at 17. I've been on a... Uh, on a big uh, TV kick. I'm at, uh, I'm at 13, so I'm not that far off. Okay. But yeah, Extraction, man, it's real good. It is. I look like at it. Michael Bay day. took like a bunch of cocaine and speed and is like, okay, explosions, go. I mean, isn't that just That's Michael just a Bay? Michael Bay movie. Sorry, isn't that just it's, Cameo of the Year, Michael Bay? It is. So much more over the top than like a normal Michael Bay. There's action. I don't think all you understand. He gives a toast at Marcus's daughter's wedding. He I does. saw that. I saw that movie too, by the way. And I think that uh, you guys way overhyped it. It was okay. It's it's not as good as Bad Boys Two, but it's better than Bad Boys One. That's fun. <laughs> look, uh, look, an extraction. It's a lot of fun. I really, really want to see it. In Extraction, uh, uh, Hemsworth punches a dude with a car, and he flies like almost through another car. It's oh, yeah. awesome. Well, I'm going to watch that tonight. <laughs> I mean, thank you. You said that about <laughs> Eli, you liar. I'm going to watch, watch it immediately by Eli. Oh, you man. said that about Eli and Gemini Man. You haven't seen either of those. 
you're right. I haven't had a chance. I've been working my ass off. I ain't got to watch anything lately. It sucks. Um, Movies I've watched since quarantine. What do you want me to talk about? Guns Akimbo, Onward, Bloodshot, The Hunt, The Gentleman, Vivarium, Underwater, The Invisible Man, and The Way Back. Let's talk about uh, Onward. Let's, let's all three of us can yeah, talk about Onward. That. that movie is the tits. It's, it's so good. Pixar movies, and definitely my favorite since Up. I think. Man, I I was I don't even have a brother, but I have a sister I'm close to, and I was just kind of blubbering at the end of this movie. Yeah, the definitely was um was tough. It was tough for me because unfortunately the Plex server app is not fantastic for my home and I watched it through buffering. So a lot of the emotional moments were kind of paused for thirty seconds. Um but it's really fun, man. It's just like it's a fun celebration of family togetherness and love in the way that Pixar does in a really fantastic manner. Um Especially the brotherly side of things, and yeah, well, like spoilers, I guess, for the end. But when Chris Pratt's character is the one to go and see the father, and that decision is made from Tom Holland to be like, you know what, you're the one who actually has memories of him. You're the one who had any sort of connection to him. You should go see the father. I had a father figure, and the father figure was you. Like that's really, really, it's a great message, and it hits really hard. <laughs> Oh, my three-year-old goes, Daddy, why are you crying? And I was like, I'm not. Just look away. <laughs> Your daddy's a man. Stop looking. It, it's so well written. And the third act is almost perfect, man. It's so good. The the dragon that, like, is from the school. And when it roars, it's like the school bell ringing. It's so awesome. I loved it so Your much. Your stepdad who's a centaur horse. Yeah. I love that movie, dude. It's good, especially in a world where we don't know how many movies we're going to have. It's almost impossible to see that game beat for best animated movie this year. Yeah, yeah. it was definitely a lot of fun. Oh uh, shit! Apocalypse War comes out uh, this week, though. We'll see. That's true. I do want to see that. Um, uh, let's talk about the hunt. Oh god, what a fucking movie! That this movie fun. can't catch any breaks, man. <laughs> first it was the liberals and then it was coronavirus which was uh, uh, initiated by the liberals to keep this movie from coming out the liberals had a problem with it no it was the conservatives yeah the hardcore oh. conservatives that yeah, about this it. movie is about hunting hardcore conservatives yeah well, it, my whole point throughout this when they were like everybody was like oh they're fucking they're making a movie about killing us i'm like you're gonna win also, by the way, if you're a name in this movie, spoilers, you're fucking dead. That was the best part at the beginning. I was like, hey, I know that. Oh, they're Everyone's dead. dead. The, the body Gibiati dies so fast. Not as fast as uh, fucking Scream Queens. Yeah, yeah. Emma Roberts dies <laughs> early. Uh, Oliver Queen from Smallville dies real quick. Thank God. Oh, yeah. He fucking pulls that woman... Off of a spike and then immediately blows up. Also, the uh, the political controversy over this movie is way overblown. Like it's it makes fun of both sides. It's so because, stupid because it's a movie. It, Blumhouse is an intelligent company, but you can't control the narrative on your movie like this, right? This is a movie that skewers liberals, it skewers conservatives, it skewers pretty much anybody who would have any sort of side in this. Hillary Swank is the best she's been in a while. It skews Gilpin. That's what it skews. Yeah, that's true. And Man, that, she's just got tits for 
days. She's a bit chesty. That's she took fan. that top off, and I was like, holy shit, where were they hiding? They're and not- also, I need to watch four seasons of Glow. You're damn no kidding. Right. She's, uh, man, she's so awesome. I love she's her. Very good. Also, yeah, it reminded me of South Park writing, in which they just came at everybody. Like, if you are hardcore one way or the other, you're fucking yeah. stupid. And I was just like, this is great. I loved every second of it. I thought it was really fucking fun, man. Yeah, it was It was definitely a fun time. I had way more uh, entertainment out of it than I was expecting. After the first act, I do wish there was a bit more. Like, I feel like there were some lulls between the death. I wish there had been more, like, just repeated over-the-top deaths. But that's Pre- a uh, pre-buff Ethan Suppleys in this movie. <laughs> uh, I wish there had been pre-buff and then buff e- Ethan Suppley both in this movie. That'd been. Fantastic. I think. I actually think he's got a twin. I think one of them's fat and one of them's thin because I see them like all the time, and it's like almost simultaneously. Ethan and Eric Suppley. Yes. <laughs> Eric, okay. Uh Fine, Evan Suffley, before you don't want to use Eric. I'll use my own name. Am I, am I the only one who watched Guns Akimbo? You, so far, I want to watch that movie, though. I hear it's weird as shit. That movie is a blast. It is exactly what you want it to be. Hardcore Henry? Yes. Um, I will say it probably has my favorite action scene of the year so far. Uh, there's a moment in which they introduce Samara Weaving's character, and she just goes on an absolute tear in a drug house and fucking murders every human being in, like, a seven-block radius. Yes, I and also love her. I know it's, you. It's fantastic. <laughs> and, uh, Daniel Radcliffe is really funny in the role. Um, the little bit Reese Darby is in there is good. It's a fun... It's literally just, like, if that movie Nerve wasn't generic as fuck. I like that movie, though. It was fun, but this is completely the same basic plot of, like, an internet popular show that brings in unsuspecting people. But instead of being, like, a generic, oh, go take your clothes off in this shopping center, it's go murder everyone. And you have guns stapled to your hands. All right. Um, I, I, I really had a blast with that movie. What are, the, uh, what are the other biggest movies that have got hit by Corona that have been out? I'm having trouble. Count. Say what? The diesel vehicle bloodshot. Oh God, that can't be good. It's not great. Um, Chuck watched it. I think I did. What'd you think of it, Chuck? It was stupid, but it yep. was real fun. Yep. I mean, uh, some of the effects were really good. Uh, the plot was just utter trash. It's uh, like exactly what the preview shows it to be. Yeah, it's just a big, stupid Vin Diesel movie. They basically point at something off camera and say, Vin, go kill, and he goes and kills. And then they filmed it and put it in a movie. Um, uh, uh, The Gentleman, I can talk about that. Anybody else watch that? Uh, I did. I haven't, so no spoilers on that. Everybody tells me that movie's awesome. That movie's I, fucking great. I love It's my favorite Guy Ritchie movie. It's the only oh, thing. Oh, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, I don't love Guy Ritchie. Uh, um, Man from Uncle was my favorite Guy Ritchie movie before this. I had a blast with this, though. I think Colin Farrell is great. I think, uh, um, what is his name? Oh, my God. Hugh Grant is great. McConaughey is great. Like, everybody in this movie just fits their role perfectly. And it does his style without being as in-your-face, over-the-top as, like, Snatch. 
They might. Which I do love Snatch, but I like Guy Ritchie, so I'm okay with it. But so I'm pretty fucking excited to see this. I like Henry Golding in this movie for the little bit that he's in it. The dude from Crazy Rich Asians. I, I had a I watched this movie and immediately was like, man, I kind of want to watch it again right now. Speaking to our earlier conversation, coming to theaters, not doing okay, but then because of this, going to on demand pretty fast. Uh, I got to watch Sonic since this all started. That movie's great, isn't it? It's a delight. It's awesome. It I might be my favorite movie of the year. I really like it. I've seen it three times. <laughs> it's just fun. And it's even better because of Middle Edition Swartz. But um, I, I had a blast with Sonic, for sure. The Invisible Man, I watched that. That's like one of the more highly touted movies from this year already. Did you like it? I really did. Oh, interesting. I, usually you can see her face. And she's hard to look at, but... Um, <laughs> Too bad she's not invisible. Am I right? Yeah, right. Some of the dude, chick. Um, but no, it's a fun movie. It's a nice take on the Invisible Man story. And I like how they kind of grounded it in a technology-based reality world instead of like, oh, it's just an invisible human being. Um, Basically like a Me Too movement sci-fi movie, isn't it? I mean, I guess Me Too to an extent. She's the victim of certainly domestic abuse, right? She is essentially bullied into and scared into staying in a relationship and to try and uh, escape. She sneaks out in the middle of the night and is caught by him and he fakes his own death to become uh, the Invisible Man and basically torture her the entire way. I won't spoil anything beyond that, but it created genuine tension. It had good performances throughout. It's better than your average Dark Pictures anthology movie would have been. I, I would be interested to see what this would have been had it been part of that universe. Do you, a question. Do you get to see Kevin Bacon's dick? Do not. It is not as good as Hollow Man. What is it? <laughs> you know what? We're going to end it right the fuck there. That's the perfect ending. Uh, you don't want to talk about the Twilight Zone episode that is Vivarium? Actually, I do, but I want to talk about it next week. Uh, yeah, I'm let's not blow our load all at once, Josh. Here we go. We're keeping we'll this short. Trey had a hard out like 43 minutes ago. Yeah, but he's a bitch. Well, no doubt, but that was true before, too. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, folks, uh, if you just tuned in for this one and you didn't listen to the first one, also go listen to the first one. Care about us, too. Uh, we're just breaking it down. Uh, we'll do the same thing, what we did, just talk about the state of things with TV uh, here in the third show, and we'll talk about a few of the shows we've been watching, maybe some uh, comfort shows and all that stuff. Uh, but stick around for that. Thank you, folks. listening to free for all your source for all things geek we just wrapped up another episode but we're not done stay tuned for part three and make sure to download part one as well don't forget to subscribe to the show on itunes and rate and review us too that's the best way for new folks to find our show you can also find us on the google play store stitcher or your favorite podcasting app don't forget that you can now subscribe to our youtube channel to watch the show as we record and you can catch our live streams on the free for all facebook page also, feel free to tweet us at FFA Podcast to keep in touch. Thanks again, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Uh, I'm a bigger Marcus Gasol fan. Funny story, I once got... 
mistaken for Pau Gasol when in Memphis uh, and by someone that was really drunk. Uh, <laughs> and I played along with it for a little while. Oh, <laughs> and it just, uh, it was hard to maintain. <laughs>